everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast with your co-host Kevin slash Bucky here with Diamond slash Jason. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm uh, just hanging out in my hotel room because I'm doing uh, training for a new job right now. Um, and so I have nothing better to do. Um, then so talk to me. Let's podcast it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's podcast it. I got nothing better to do. Yeah, man. And we also need episodes every weekend. So it's probably a good thing that we're doing this, you know? Well, not that I don't love doing the podcast because <laughs> I absolutely do. But, yeah. We got, we yeah. got some people that like listening to us as well. Well, I guess so. Apparently, <laughs> no, we, we have a few listeners. Yeah, we uh, we just put out two really fun episodes over the last few weeks, which was uh, the Cabin in the Woods and the Conjuring. Yeah, those were fun. I like those. Yeah, those were really fun. And uh, well, Cap- and that was that was the first time that uh, I, I mean, we said it. Uh, that was the first time that you and I have been kind of solo together for yeah, a while. by ourselves <laughs> we yeah we've, we've had so many guests um but uh yeah no those those were great episodes yeah cabin in the woods was fun to revisit and then uh the conjuring was really really fun um i actually i don't remember if i said it on air but i actually spooked myself while we were recording that episode because <laughs> yeah. we were recording at like 11 o'clock at night and like i got just kind of on edge when we were talking about the scare stuff and i saw like a like a weird light go past my window that I was like, Oh, maybe it's a car. And then I didn't see it at the other window. So it's like, Oh yeah, man, I'm actually, I'm actually getting like goosebumps while recording. So it was pretty funny. Um, but no, those were fun. And, uh, Jason, so what was your hype level for the movie that we're discussing on this episode? My hype level is at like, uh, on a scale of one to 10, this is like a 20, (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> we we talked about um on episode one you know when we kicked this thing off um i talked about this movie um and uh, i've told you for years and years and years <laughs> you have to watch this movie and for some reason you fought me on it and still didn't watch it <laughs> um but I forced you to watch it this time. Yeah. Contractual um, obligation when you pick something for the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I, I've said it a couple of times. It's, it's part of the reason that I love us doing this podcast is that you're forced to watch shit that uh, <laughs> you would just brush aside. Hey, it's a two way um, street, man. You've had to sit down and watch stuff with, uh, with enough time to record it. So yeah, this is true. This is true too. <laughs> um, but uh, no, no, I'm, super excited and um especially because you know with with anyone that we have on or you know even our first episode you know we always ask the question what's your favorite horror movie what got you into horror and what effed you up uh what fucked you up and um <laughs> I, I i know that mine uh i i threw out uh text chainsaw masker um and then i threw out this movie too um yeah. those were the two that fucked me up yeah and so what 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 we're doing tonight is uh, Fire in the Sky. <laughs> yeah, man. We are doing the movie Fire in the Sky from 1993. And uh, as Jason said, if you listen back to all the way back at episode one when we were super awkward and <laughs> trying to like just find our <laughs> way. What the hell we were doing. <laughs> yeah, just trying to find our way through being podcasters. Uh, we... Um, we talked about the movies that got us into the genre, and this was one of uh, Jason's picks uh, way back when. Um, and uh, we finally are getting around to it. And you know what's funny, Jason, is you, you're you saying that you told me to watch it for years and years, and you probably did, but I only remember this movie coming up in conversation within the last like few years. So I don't know. Um, if, I don't know if maybe you were just less adamant about it back then, but like. It's only seems like recently when we really got going with the podcast and within maybe the last three years or so that you were telling me about Fire in the Sky. Yeah, that's possible. Um, I, I feel like it was it was an early thing um, that uh, that we talked about, like even before, like years and years before we even imagined the podcast. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I I told you quite a few times to watch this movie. Yeah, <laughs> but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Who knows? Um, well, you I, said that this movie. I feel, like, I feel like it would be one of the ones that I told you like very early on, because again, it's 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 
one of my fucked me up movies. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like I probably would have told you about this very early on, mm-hmm. um, but that might not be the case. But yeah, yeah. definitely since we've talked about like what movies we want to do on the podcast and, and stuff like that. Like I, I definitely, one of the first that I mentioned was this movie. So, yeah, no, this was a definitely an early title thrown out. And um, so needless to say, before I, you know, throw it to you about what your background was with this movie, because my background is that I just watched it for the first time on Monday, (laughs) but uh, I, uh, you told me about it. Like, we really started talking about it back on episode one last summer. And uh, once we started talking about it, I was like, okay, I need to see this. Um, and this is our first alien movie that we've talked about on the, on the podcast yeah. actually. And um, which is super exciting. Cause I think it's a pretty underrated horror genre, like trope that we don't get a lot anymore. Um, you know, obviously there's the classics right. like alien and aliens and um, the thing are probably the two big ones, but like, and there were more back then, but nowadays we don't really get like alien abduction movies anymore. And probably the closest thing we've gotten to that was Nope last last year. And uh, that one's a little difficult because that's a little more comedic than just a straight alien thriller. Right. Um. And and that's what I was gonna say. Like when you when you when you basically just said like aliens. Um. Obviously, we're not talking about aliens like Ridley Scott, uh, you know, like aliens or alien. Yeah. Um, but abduction movies. Yeah. Um, and abduction movies are are kind of few and far between. Yeah, I was gonna um, I was gonna say you you look at Alien, Aliens, The Thing, and the ones I just threw out. Those are more like creature features than abduction movies. Yeah, and so ab- abduction movies are. are kind of few and far between um and uh what kind of got me into abduction movies uh was x-files oh i can see there that were, yeah <laughs> there were tons of episodes that were you know alien abduction and I, I mean kind of the whole the whole show is kind of backboned off of you know aliens and abduction and shit like that um so that's kind of probably where I got the first introduction. Um, and there were quite a few uh, abduction episodes of uh, the X-Files that, that messed me up too. Yeah, and um, watching, some of really... the, watching some of this show nowadays, um, there's a little bit of that in like the Twilight Zone, I would say, every now and again. Oh, sure. Yeah, much, yeah, yeah. much more lightweight than the X-Files, but there's definitely some alien um abductions and you know a like invasive aliens going on in the twilight zone yeah absolutely um but uh so um i i definitely remember and and i i didn't say this like up front but there were definitely a lot of x-files episodes that dealt with alien abduction that that really scared the fuck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but when it came down to like this genre or this kind of like piece, um, and I have another episode that I, that I'm sure you and I are going to touch on later on. Um, just because we're talking about alien abduction, um, we'll get off on a tangent on it, but, um, but no, uh, this was, this was again, one of the first, that fucked me up. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, it it's 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 just a great movie all around too yeah. and the fact and and the fact that it's based around a true story um it just drives it home even harder so yeah and uh you're saying this is one of the movies that fucked you up um i can see why <laughs> because i uh i just watched this on monday night and uh oh boy this movie is intense and you know what's funny about it and we'll get into specifics about it the movie's not crazy intense for the first like two thirds of it it's intense but it's not like oh man this is like uncomfortable it's just like oh it's a little heebie-jeebies going on uh and then so like you're a little uncomfortable but then you get to that third act where the abduction is actually shown and the alien encounter happens and it is just like what the fuck am i watching yeah, it's 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 that final act of the movie 
that really like drives it home and that it really just like messes you up. Um, because so you were, you were actually kind of texting me during your viewing. Of yeah. It. While it was I was watching it. Yep. You had seen it. Yeah. And so you were watching it and, um, I, I think you texted me, you were like maybe 15, 20 minutes in and you were like, dude, this is already effed up. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah I was, I was, you, I was texting in our group chat with uh, Marcus and Luke from reviewed to death. And because Marcus, yeah. because Marcus said on, uh, on our Puka episode with them that we, when we guessed it on their show that, um, when you brought up fire in the sky, when they asked us was what got us into horror and what we liked, this was a movie that you brought up. And I remember Marcus verbatim saying fire in the sky fucked me up when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. so I was like, Oh, well, I'll include them in the, in the chat. Cause I'm finally watching it so we can all discuss. And like Marcus is like, I haven't seen it since I was like 12, but it was fucking punishing for a young kid to watch. Hell yeah, it was. And, um, but uh, no, I, like, I thought it, I thought it was really funny that you were you were about I think you texted me said hey I'm about 15 20 minutes in and what the fuck Yeah and I was I was probably I, about I think I had just seen the um the encounter scene where all of the um would the uh what what the hell do you call their title by the way <laughs> What do these guys do oh, the, They're they're loggers Yeah they're, you Yeah the loggers as a group encounter the, the UFO um, yeah. and the whole like runaway scene happens. And that's where I was. I think, I think I was about 30 minutes into the movie uh, when I, well, no, cause I yeah. remember even thinking that this movie like got going pretty quickly. So yeah, I was probably about 15, 20 minutes into it. Yeah. And you were, you were like, man, this is, this is kind of fucked, man. What's going on. And, and I was like, dude, just wait, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what you're getting into yet. Yeah. So um, we'll, because it's definitely that third act that, that just, Oh <laughs> yeah. And we'll, uh, it's nightmare for fuel. <laughs> oh, excuse me. we say it all the time. It's nightmare fuel, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that third act of this movie is nightmare fuel. For sure. Yeah. Um. So we'll get into the specifics of the plot because I will, as we'll go along, I'll ask you kind of what, what it, I think I can venture to guess, but I'm sure there are parts that you'll point out that are the reasons that this movie stuck with you for so long. Um. But as you're, as you've been the longtime fan of this movie, you want to give our listeners a little bit of a um, plot description as to what we just watched with fire in the sky. Yeah, so basically, well, and so so first and foremost, um, now on my on on my first viewing when I was a kid, um, it it did not ring home for me. But this is actually a true story. Yes, back um, in the seventies in Arizona. Correct. So basically, the 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 main plot for the movie is that there's um, a bunch of bloggers they they go out in the woods and they're cutting down trees um and they have these contracts that they're doing um but so basically it's a bunch of group of guys that work together they go out and they cut down trees and um one day when they're finished with their shift or whatever they're driving home and they just see this kind of like haze or this glow in the forest because they're deep into the forest. Um, they see this haze or this glow, and this is where the movie title comes from, Fire in the Sky. Um, so they're driving home and driving out of the forest, and they see this haze in the background, and they think that it's a forest fire is what they think initially. So they're going to drive towards it thinking that they could maybe help somebody that's out there or just investigate it. Um, but when they pull up, they basically find this clearing and they see a UFO, like a standard, like flying saucer. Yep. Kind of like hanging out there and they're all freaked out. Um, but Travis Walton, uh, who is one of the loggers, he jumps out and he wants to go look at it because he's interested um, and he ends up being abducted 
um like the 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 ship the ufo picks him up and he goes missing for i, I think it's a good week yeah i, I think they, i think they said it was five days five days yeah a week somewhere in there um but the cool thing is is that all of his his teammates or his work buddies after he gets picked up by the ufo they go back into town and they're telling the story about you know travis getting picked up by this ufo and everyone thinks that they killed him um in fact they were like the local sheriff and everything um investigates them for murder like they think that they just killed travis and stuck him somewhere in the woods and they're all trying to cover for each other yep but they're trying they're trying to tell them like no dude we saw this fucking flying saucer <laughs> and it picked him up and so nobody believes him um but so that's kind of kind of the basic setup for the movie is that you know just travis gets abducted and then you know for a, a large part of the movie it's it's them being under investigation um because they think that you know all these guys murdered travis and and they're trying to cover for each other yeah um so that's the setup of the movie and then the third act basically erupts into what actually happened to travis when he comes back into the picture um because right. he did because he did survive um in real life and yeah in uh in the movie so that's our that's our setup for fire in the sky and um i've already said this uh off air when we were prepping to record um i fucking loved this movie i thought it was awesome <laughs> like, i knew you would dude. yeah it, i thought it was so great and i just i never had heard of this movie before you brought it up i just like there was a you know some alien stuff in the '90s, you know, not a horror movie, but horror elements in it. Even though it's very comedic, but like Men in Black, I was all obsessed with those aliens when I was a kid. Sure. Um, and you know, like there was alien stuff in the '90s, and I even remember watching, you know, like I was addicted to Unsolved Mysteries back in the day, and they had a lot of UFO um, episodes oh, yeah. on there. Oh yeah, and uh, so I loved aliens when I was a kid, and. Uh, still you know find the the idea intriguing to this day so but i had never heard of this movie until you brought it up so um this movie this movie was even like before my time like i it was what like 90 93 in it uh yep 1993 yeah so i i wasn't even i was nine (laughs) um and and i know i didn't watch it when i was nine yeah no (laughs) um that was probably a little bit i might have been like 11 or 12 when i watched it um but yeah so it was it was a little before me too um but uh no the funny the funny thing too is um that my brother and my dad um thought it was hilarious to scare me with alien shit (laughs) um so i never watched like the original alien like all the way through i had just seen like little cuts of like the xenomorphs and shit and it scared the living piss out of me Mm -hmm. um and and they thought it was the funniest thing ever um just playing little clips of alien for me um there's uh but this this was something totally different oh yeah like alien was a creature feature and it it was not realistic at all i mean it's a alien alien is alien like it's 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 but seeing this later on as a true story like it's just so fucking crazy yeah it is Um, and uh there's something like creature features are just fun right you know alien and aliens are just feel-good movies at this point um i would say pretty much any movie in the alien franchise has some enjoyment in it um yeah they're fun there's some stuff in the alien franchise that is a little like you know you feel a little violated just the whole way that it impregnates you with the the face hugger and eggs going down your throat um yeah yeah and you know the the second mouth and stuff but 
But other than that, like something about just old fashioned alien abduction and just being probed and, you know, poked and studied or dissected is just like that is ultimate violation and just so disturbing to think about enduring. Well, and even like with with this movie, um, you could almost you could always say that Travis was like asking for it <laughs> so he he went kind of fucking with shit that he shouldn't have like because yeah. if if i saw something like he saw yeah i'm not getting out of the I car to... running toward it i'd be running away from that yeah shit. i'm not getting <laughs> out of the like, i'm not getting out of the car to go take a <laughs> yeah, look <exactly>. fuck that <laughs> uh, yeah i'd be like fuck this shit i'm out of here um so yeah there's there's this kind of aspect to it where you're like um well, he was kind of asking for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, uh, but no, there, I... there is there is though like uh, like you know like when you're watching like Alien Aliens, like they're kind of trapped in that situation. Um, but like seeing a real life or like a um, a realistic point of view of like okay so if aliens are coming and they're abducting people and the other thing the other thing with alien abduction too is you know you watch x-files or you know you listen you watch this movie or you listen to like anybody that says they've been abducted it's it's uh, they can just take you out of your bedroom yeah, like because there's so many people that are just like man woke up in the middle of the night these fuckers are sitting there took me on my ship like and yeah and and whether you believe that or not or or how many people you think are credible with it that's that's a whole different situation where it's like hey i'm just sleeping and all of a sudden i wake up and these (laughs) whatever they are are just taking me out of my room that's a whole that's a whole another level of like vulnerability yeah it is that's just like man i'm not doing anything i'm yeah, just that's chilling what, that's what i mean and, it's very like invasive and you know violating yeah, absolutely. um absolutely so and there's before we dive into specifics of the plot with fire in the sky there's really only like i've never seen close encounters of, of the third kind the steven spielberg movie what? Uh, yeah i've never seen it um you bitch that movie's so good <laughs> no i've heard i've just never seen it uh, remember, yeah, man, it's it. only recently that I've gotten into like 70s films because I think that was sure. late, late 70s. Uh, but it's on my list. But the only other movie that I can think of that is in this vein that actually unsettled me to the degree that this one did. And we talked about this earlier on the phone would be the fourth kind. Yeah, well, I was going to say, did E.T. like touch you inappropriately or? <laughs> <laughs> did he did his glow finger touch your butthole no um, <laughs> ouch. Um, ouch that was my exact reaction too <laughs> uh no. no no you're right though um yeah the fourth kind um in fact i was i was telling one of my buddies at work today um that we were going to be talking about uh fire in the sky and he was like dude the fourth kind messed me up and, yeah, like, man. Yeah, and probably really going to be a future episode um will be the fourth kind yeah um, I'd, I'd love to revisit it because i haven't seen it in quite a while but yeah, I, and- I do remember uh that it was very effective and it, it it was very heavy yeah probably mila jovovich's best um acting role that i've seen of hers yeah. Um, yeah, she's she was uh, really good. She's devastating in that. And I like the way that movie's portrayed too, where it's like the reenactment side by side with the the per the movie's portrayal, the real footage, so to speak. Yeah. Where it's like the real woman is on a talk show while they're playing the reenactment where Mila Jovovich is playing her. Right. So I think it's I think that movie's pretty underrated. Um, but we'll get to that at another point. Um, but let's dive into uh, Fire in the Sky because there's a lot to uh, gush about here. Um, so uh, right out of the gate, I have to say real quick before I dive into the opening scene, the score here. I am a sucker for horror scores, and this score was awesome. And I 
am a good co-host and good uh, brother-in-law, so I got Jason a copy of this score on uh, cassette tape from Terrorvision Records. Yes, I have a cassette <laughs> tape of it. <laughs> uh, so great score, but dude, I love the opening scene of this movie where the truck is like, we haven't seen what they're running from, but the truck is running down the road like crazy to get away from the UFO after Travis has been uh, knocked out. Yeah. Um, you just, I think it's just immediately sucks you in of like, what the hell are they running from? And then all of the, all of the loggers, you know, take refuge at this, uh, this restaurant. And then that's where they meet the local sheriff. And they're like, we're going to stick to this story no matter what, how rough it gets. Um, and we got a Robert Patrick sighting in here, which I always love. I love that dude as an actor. Awesome. in T2 and, you know, even the Marine with John Cena, <laughs> Uh, are you well he even he even he even took over for um david duchovny in the x-files like oh uh, really david yeah when david duchovny um left the x-files um they did like uh two more seasons after that um and robert patrick was kind of his replacement oh, okay Sorry, I, I stopped talking because you look like you were going to say something. Um, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but uh, I was just listening. <laughs> yeah, we, al- we also got a, a younger Henry Thomas in here. All E.T. Yep. callback in there. Um, yep. I don't know the guy that plays Travis Walton. J.B. Sweeney, I think is his name. D.B. Sweeney, yeah. D.B. Sweeney, that's right. Um, yep. He's awesome in here. And uh, I got to say with the uh, – so once – once there, so there's this whole dynamic between the loggers where, like, and apparently, um, side note, Jason and I both, uh, Jason's heard it in full. I heard about 30 minutes of it today to, or over the last few days to kind of prep for this. We both, uh, listened to the Travis Walton interview on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of get some, you know, insight from the true story. And uh, apparently it was true that uh, in the movie it's portrayed that the loggers, like some of them are friends, but there's at least two, Travis and uh, Dallas, as he's called in the movie, um, that they're not friendly with each other. Yeah, well, so that's that's one of the things um, that Travis says. Uh, Travis says, you know, like, honestly, like uh, out of out of their team of I think it was seven of them total like in the movie i think it's five but um he was like yeah there were seven of us and like honestly like a lot of us really didn't get along sorry hold um, on hold on jason i'm gonna kick my dog out of the room <laughs> sure <laughs> so, like, go away, All right, sorry, man. Every time we go to record, my dog's like just whining in the background. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the loggers no. didn't like each other. Yeah, yeah. So like Travis was saying, like with with the exception of because uh, there was like seven of them, with the exception of like maybe one or two of the guys um, that he got along with, like the rest of them, like they all kind of butted heads and everything. So the reason that that uh, kind of resonates or why that matters is that when he's abducted and like the police are like interviewing and everything like these guys don't even like him yeah so they have they have no reason to corroborate the story like they <clears throat> like it's like if they were friends and they were trying to hoax it or something like that yeah but these guys didn't even fucking like him yeah. So, no. yeah. So when he's taken and everybody's like giving their their story to the police, there was no reason for any of them to lie for him or to follow along with a made up story because yeah, they they would have been the first to be like, oh no, this shit's fucking fake. Like mm-hmm. it's stupid. Yeah. Um, now in the in the movie and I guess in real life too, um, Robert Patrick's character Mike is. Uh, is like the lone good friend of Travis. Um, right. And I guess that was true to reality as well. Um, yep. But aside from that, like, you know, once, um, 
once Travis is uh, has disappeared, so like what they're you know they're doing all these jobs. There's little bickers like Dallas and Travis don't get along. There's a whole little bit where uh, they've gotten into an argument. Uh, Dallas, who uh, you know he cuts down a tree that almost hits Travis like on purpose, and apparently that actually happened in real life too. Um, yep. yep. And uh, so there's this whole buildup of like they're just bickering. They just want to get their job over. Um, and when they're coming home, gotta say, like, yes, the abduction scene is great, but I love the, the reveal of the saucer where it actually does, you know, look like the title fire in the sky where it's just this like dim red orange glow, um, off over the trees. I think it is like my stomach actually felt like kind of dropped when i saw that like it's actually really creepy well yeah because they even said like when they were looking at it they thought that it was a forest fire yeah like off in the distance um so that's why initially when they're kind of pulling up to it or whatever um it's nothing strange at first because yeah. they're just thinking like hey yeah it's a forest fire yeah, and so Travis, like you said, um, this is uh, step number one. If there's a creepy object with uh, a glow coming off of it in the woods that looks dangerous, I'm not getting out of the truck and going to look at it. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and he did say in the interview that he did do that. He got out of the truck to go take a look. But he said in the interview, it wasn't like, I want to go stare at it. It was like, oh, I thought it would disappear or run away when I got close to it. Um, and it didn't, he actually said in the interview that it was pretty small too. He said it was like the size of, he said it was like the size of the room that they were recording in. Yeah. Um, but he got out, he figured it would just disappear and then it didn't. And in the movie he gets hit with, he gets stuck for a second in a light beam under the saucer, which they do show you in the movie, which actually looks pretty, pretty badass too. I was I was gonna say that's that's kind of one of um in the movie that's one of the um I don't know if I want to say it's like the most visually stunning part of the movie, but like the fact that when the light hits him, like he almost goes limp and his like chest goes up. Like it's just a really um unsettling scene really, yeah it, it really creepy look to it like it's, yeah well like, his, his eyes it's, go it's like, like basically like he passes out but this beam has him from the center of the chest and it starts yeah, pulling him looks up like a looks like a puppet gonna, yeah basically yeah, yeah and his eyes go like milky white and stuff so he's stuck there for a second and then in the movie you don't really see what happens to knock him back but he gets hit by something like a like an energy beam um, and yeah. he goes flying back. Now, in the interview, he says that all the guys that saw that happen before they drove off out of fear, they because they thought he died when he got hit. Um, right. But they all saw different things. One of them saw like an, like an energy beam. One saw it as like a lightning bolt. I think one of them said they didn't really see much of anything. Um, well, they they all kind of like they all kind of have a, a different um just kind of a, a different description of what they saw. Yeah. Um, they definitely said like, you know, we, we saw something like hit him. Yeah. And it sent him flying but, back. But, but one says it was like, one of them says it looked like a lightning bolt. One of them says it looked like just like this, uh, just like a spotlight. Um, one says it, you know, they all kind of had a different version of like kind of what it looked like. But they all agree that like this thing hit him, um, and they I I don't think they do it in the movie, um, but it it like threw him a good twenty feet or something crazy like 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 basically threw him across this um, clearing. Yeah, he um, he probably and, in the, and, and in, I think in the movie he probably threw like got thrown like three or five feet or something like that between three and five feet backwards. It's been a second since I've seen it. And I, all I remember is just him being picked up. Yeah, I don't he remember did. him getting thrown. Yeah. He gets picked up and then he gets thrown. And when he gets thrown is when all the guys are like, 
we gotta That's we gotta run yeah out. yeah <laughs> and so they leave um and i guess this was another change in the movie when they drive off mike uh robert patrick says we got to go back for him and everybody's like no 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 and he's like if you don't want to go then you get out of the car and i'll go back on my own and they all get out of the car um or at least most of them do and uh right in reality, Travis said that um, when that happened, Mike did say, if you want to stay, get out of the car. But no one got out of the car because they didn't want to be by themselves. So they all went back well, looking for him. and went. No, I agree. Like, you're going to leave me in the dead of the forest and maybe not find me again while that thing's out there? Fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they so they leave uh, or they, you know, they get out of the car. Mike goes back to look for him. And then, uh, you know, there's not a huge amount of plot. Travis disappears, and it's a lot of contesting back and forth what actually happened to him. And uh, I definitely well, so I definitely got some Halloween Kills vibes with the whole, like, because it seems like a small town. Um, like, you yeah, know, kind of in yeah, the vein absolutely. of a Haddonfield. And just seeing, like, Mike's wife turn on him um, and hearing about his daughter, like, um or his daughters being like well, terrorized because of what actually happened. I just, I was really getting some Halloween kills vibes with the whole town, just kind of tearing itself apart, trying to figure out what happened. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole point of the movie, I mean, again, like you said, like it is a very small town. So it's like, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Uh, so there's no hiding anything, but I mean, what putting yourself in those shoes, like, what would you think if somebody goes missing? So Travis goes missing and these guys come back and they're like, we don't know what happened yeah. except that this flying saucer came and picked them up. And they're like, what? No. Like, yeah, what, what the fuck the, are you talking about? Yeah. What the hell do you say at that point? Honestly? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, nobody's going to believe them. Yeah. And so then at that point, the next logical step Especially because it, he apparently did not have a great relationship with most of them. Yeah. Like, uh, now, did they have a motive or did they have a reason to kill him? No. No, they but, they do kind of, like, start to point the finger at Dallas um, because he's uh, the one that had the most beef with him. He had a fight with him that day, uh, right. which is also true, apparently, to the real story. Travis said that yeah. uh, Dallas, or I, they go by his his first name in the in the podcast when he tells the story. But Dallas um, tried to like start beef with uh, Travis by telling his girlfriend, by telling Travis's girlfriend that he should she should be with him, Dallas, instead of Travis. Yeah, yeah, he was apparently trying to hook up with uh, Travis's girlfriend or yeah. wife or whatever. So. Uh, so th- I guess that was true. But in the movie, they, you know, they talk about like Dallas kind of disappears after people start showing like the sheriff is looking for uh, Travis. There's those like UFO like studies guy that shows up in the or guys that show up in the movie um, sure. looking for Travis as well. And like so Dallas kind of, you know, is hiding out and they're like they get approached with the opportunity to take a lie detector test and. Mike goes to look for him and says, hey, we're all going to do this. And Dallas is like, I'm the one that had beef with him. I'm the one with a criminal record. Who do you think they're going to look at first? Yeah. Um, well, and you know, you know what I like about the movie, too, is um, uh, I, there's a lot of movies that I like that are kind of slow burns. Yeah. Um, and this is definitely now it, it kicks off hard. Mm-hmm. Uh so it initially, you know, within the first few minutes, like you're watching it and it's it's got a lot going on and you're like, oh, fuck, man. Um, but then until I mean, a good hour until you get to kind of the end or, you know, the the third act or, you know, the final act of the movie, it it's a slow burn. Yeah, um, but it, but it also never. Cause like I feel like when you tell someone about a slow burn, especially in horror, they take it to mean boring. And yeah, and it's not. Yeah, it's and not fire boring. in the sky, like for being, because for a little bit it does become a bit of a drama, more so than like a, like a, right. like it becomes like a twelve angry men type scenario. Like, is this person guilty, or in this case, is this group of people guilty? 
Um, and that's our focus. And there's really no alien stuff because Travis isn't anywhere in the picture. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, really, it, anything with Travis in, in the abduction, it's like the first, like, maybe 20 minutes and then, like, the last 20 minutes. And yeah. then anything in between there is is kind of like a murder mystery type deal. Like, yeah. they're trying to figure out, well, like, you know- who killed him because because they think that these guys – murdered him and threw him in the woods and yep well you know what it actually um, reminds me of is uh when we talked about from dust till dawn uh and we talked about it being like two different movies just kind of smashed into one sure that's kind of what fire in the sky feels like to me it feels like this really like whodunit like you know murder murder mystery drama mixed with alien abduction. And I thought that was pretty cool because normally it'd just be like aliens, 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 drama, drama, drama. And then they kind of find a way to balance it back and forth. And when Travis does come back into the picture, it doesn't feel abrupt or anything. It's like, oh, we've been building to this for for the whole movie. Yeah. And uh, so... And I, know, I, I definitely agree. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So there's... Uh, you know, there's there's not a huge amount of plot. It's a it's a really entertaining drama, and it's really well acted too. Um, I forget the actor that does it, but the sheriff in there is like a a really well acted character. I love the little nerdy guy that shows up that's trying to investigate the UFO sightings. Um, I think I called after I talked after I watched the movie. I called you and I said, "I bet Dallas was your favorite character, huh?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I was like, he just seems like this the wise cracking hard smart ass that usually like in movies so sure um so yeah no and so just really well acted really like you know kind of heartfelt i feel really bad for mike when uh when he's fighting with his wife because she doesn't necessarily believe what he's saying either well yeah and that's that's another cool aspect to it too is that like their families like the the guys that were out there when Travis was abducted, like when they go back and they're talking to their families about this and then they find out that all of them are basically in this murder investigation, Mm -hmm. like their families start questioning them. Yeah. Like they're like, okay, so, so if you put yourself in, in, in these shoes, like, I mean, your your significant other your wife your boyfriend whatever like comes home and goes like okay this guy's missing and a flying saucer took him off um and then the sheriff comes in and it's like where is this guy it's like okay so what's more likely uh yeah he was abducted or, or these you guys, guys out in the middle of the woods and fucking killed his ass yeah like <laughs> what what are you gonna like what are you gonna you know move towards so uh, i do think it's cool that um they go into the you know the family questioning you know their their dad or their you know their boyfriend or whatever they're like and 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 i think there's a point um that uh uh patrick's uh wife is like dude did you fucking kill him yeah like did you do this and he's like no no like i'm telling you this is what happened and like she doesn't believe it and so and again what are you gonna believe aliens took him or (laughs) like you guys took him out shot him in the head and dumped him in the woods yeah um so uh so that's yeah that's a cool part of the like kind of in between and that drama playing out and the sheriff's oh for sure yeah and everything yeah yeah, and then we kind of build to normally what would be the climax because they probably could have just done this movie without going back into the third act and having the abduction. I'm glad they didn't do that, but you know, when 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 the guys take the lie detector test and the people behind it are like, "Oh, one of the data came well, one of the sets of data came back faulty. We're going to have to do it again and come back tomorrow." And Mike says, "No, we did what you asked. We're not doing this again." Yeah. Um, if you want to arrest us, arrest us. And so like they leave and when they leave, the people investigating are like, well, everyone else, ca- you know, came out as they were telling the truth. Only the only one that we couldn't read was Dallas. And it might have been just because he was scared or nervous or whatever. 
Sure. Um, but then, you know, the movie obviously says later on in the in the uh, credits that everybody tested later on, and even Travis, they were all, you know, showing that they were telling the truth. Um, well, and and the thing with the thing with polygraph too, though, um, polygraph is not admissible, like in court. So if you if you take a polygraph, like for a murder investigation, they can be talking to the murderer and you know he he could fail the whole thing mm-hmm. but they can't admit that like as evidence in court i got because you. it's not it's not an exact science now it's pretty reliable mm-hmm. but what they say about polygraph too is that um that if, if you have somebody that's like kind of psychotic that believes that they didn't do anything like if in their in their mind oh and they can they they can like manipulate it yeah well even not trying to manipulate it just like if they solidly believe in their head in their mind that this is what happened even if that's not what happened they can pass a polygraph gotcha gotcha but the fact that all of them pass it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's pretty telling. Yeah, well, it's pretty telling. Well, as we're 45 minutes into the episode, we, uh, you know, we, the big climax of the whole city thing is that Mike basically tells the town, like, dude, like, I go to church with you all. I watch your kids. I work with you. I know you. You're, we have barbecues. It's like, do you really believe that we would actually do this? And the town kind of backs down from there. And then when you think it's about to slow down is where the real horror kicks in because Travis is found after five days and yep. he's got no clothes on at a gas station. Creepiest scene of the movie for me was when uh, Mike gets a phone call and his wife picks it up and the wife says, you know, stop calling here. You're pranking us. What, Whatever. And Mike picks it up, and it's someone claiming to be Travis. Yeah. And he's like, I'm at a gas station somewhere, and they go and find him, and he's got no clothes on, and he's, like, ultra-sensitive to their touch and is, like, in utter shock. Um, Just freak the fuck out. Yeah. And so they find Travis, and uh, that's a straight-up horror scene because they try to, like, question him, and he's just having all these flashbacks, and they're kind of slowly showing you what happened. You know, they show little cuts of him being dragged across the floor in the alien ship, and you see little glimpses of it. And apparently that's per his words as, as well, is that when he came to, he was kind of in and out of being awake. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so... uh you know, pretty accurate there. And, you know, he spends some time in the hospital and when he finally cracks at, um, his like big welcome home party is where we get the scene, the abduction scene. Yeah. And I, I think, um, uh, especially, um, kind of for that, that finale or that final act, um, the way that they, uh, the way that they did it, was really cool um because he uh, he he's kind of got like a ptsd and yep. he's not really comfortable like being around a whole lot of people yeah um he's he's still kind of freaked out um and he kind of crawls under this table to just kind of like isolate himself um and it, it's this really cool scene where he he, he climbs under the table and, and that's when the flashback over, oh the syrup well, yeah over the syrup and the syrup kind of slides down the table and then starts dripping down his face and it it triggers like this whole flashback for him yep which um, is a good like probably 15 20 minutes of the movie too is like this big finale where we see what happened to him um yeah and it's fucking terrifying yeah it is when he wakes up in this like gelatinous like cell pod thing absolutely disgusting yeah he's he's basically in kind of like a um 
It looks like, like the little tubes in the, or not tubes, but the little tanks in the Matrix when those people wake up and they're like covered in all the goo. Yeah, sort of like that. Or I, I was gonna say like, um, uh, you know, if you ever seen like a uh, like a military ship, they sleep yep. in these little bunks, mm-hmm. you know, where they they can't even like really sit up, like yep. without smacking their head. Um, but, but it's like covered on, in a bunch of goop. Yeah, but on on the side, like the opening, is like this membrane. Yep, uh, and he he kind of wakes up and the membrane is really creepy and weird anyway. Yeah. And he, he finds, pushes through it. Yep. And he finds his way into another one. And there's like this out of nowhere, like half body that's decomposing with guts hanging out. Well, so when, when he pushes through the membrane and kind of like gets out of his little bunk or whatever they have them in, um, he automatically goes zero G. Yeah. He's in a so, zero gravity chamber. That's right. Uh, yeah. And so he's floating around and he doesn't know how to even, he's so disoriented anyway mm-hmm. that he can't kind of navigate. And so he just kind of randomly crashes into another one of these bunks and comes through the membrane. And when he smashes into it, there's like a body that's all decomposing and, his hands are in it and he starts freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And I couldn't tell if it was, uh, if it was him bumping into it, but it almost seemed like that body was actually still moving, which made it even creepier. It's such a quick shot, but it's, it's so, uh, it might, it might've been. <laughs> yeah. It's so creepy. And so he gets scared and he goes down the rest of the zero gravity chamber, comes into like a room with a bunch of space suits, like little alien sized space suits. Um, and there's another really creepy scene where, uh, while he's looking at one of the suits, one of the suits like comes alive because an alien's like behind behind him him. and you're like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) uh, and you know, so he comes face to face with the aliens. Um, and we finally, and I think, I think in that scene, like, I, I think when he sees like kind of the little first spacesuit. Like he even like flips the the mask over. Yeah, he does. See that there's there's nothing in there. Uh, some, um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like he's just like, oh, okay. Or I guess he's thinking like these are just little suits or whatever. And then yeah, you see one of them coming up behind him. Yep. Um, and he gets dragged down the hallway, and we get to the autopsy table and. I will say probably my only gripe with this movie, and I do get that it is from 1993, so it makes sense. The aliens are, they don't look the best. They're a little, they're a little goofy looking to me. Like, I don't know if it's just the, and I listened to the Travis Walton interview and he did say, because Joe Joe Rogan asked him what they look like. And he's like, well, it's probably not the most original like description of them now, but you know, kind of big heads, kind of tall and lean and big wide eyes and they never made expressions. They never talked and they just kind of stared. Well, and I, I kind of disagree with you there. Um, as, as far as the look of the aliens, because, um, you always have the typical, like when you, when you go into UFOs or you go into abduction stories or whatever, it's always like the typical gray, yeah. So it's gray, big head, black eyes. No, these you know, these were more like, like brownish. Well, yeah, they're they're more like flesh colored, um, and they're small. They still kind of have that big head and the the big eyes and everything. Yeah, and and but they don't I, and they I don't they don't necessarily look bad. They just to me were not very like, um, I don't know. I just I found them to be a little like. Eh. And I get that they're trying to stand true to the to what was told to them while also trying to Hollywoodize it a little bit. It just right. uh, I don't know. I just when they finally showed up, I was like, eh. I I thought for me that that kind of um, not not in like early watches of the movie, but um, you know, seeing it recently or you know as I got older, I thought it grounded it a little bit more for me. Yeah, I think so. Um, because it wasn't a it was kind of the typical like gray looking alien but at the same time not 
Yeah. Um, it, that, that, that could just like be, it, that could just be me looking for more horror in it, but I get that they're trying to ground it. I just, the alien, because yeah. they're so stagnant looking in the movie and, uh, like they don't move a whole lot. They just kind of look like rubber, like animatronics basically. And they're, they don't look very like they, they, they yeah, look, they look, a, they yeah. look a little disconnected from the scene with the way that they look. I hear you. Yeah, um, no, I got it. But no, they don't look um, bad. They just it's just the fact that they're so motionless and so like like disinterested from what's happening that it's just kind of like eh, it looks a well, little it looks a little corny. You could you could always you could always argue that that's on purpose too. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, because you're going off of or what they're trying to do, of course, they're going to they're going to jazz stuff up for the movie. But if you're going off of his description and that's what they are, like if they're animatronic and very robotic and very stiff moving. Yeah. You well, know, Travis, it, Travis it, did it, say it, that it, Travis did say in the interview that um from his perspective, they didn't look all that malicious. Like they didn't look like they were scary. They were just more like silent observers. Right, right, right. So maybe, maybe that's it. I just, from a standpoint of like the effects, I was just like, Ooh, it's a little, little bit corny and it is a little distracting with the scene, but it's still a great scene and it's not on screen for too long. Well, so the, the real nightmare fuel, (laughs) (laughs) Is is where you were going? To, like oh, the final, yes. The, the final. Uh, I don't even know what you want to. Uh, I guess the final uh, autopsy study uh, probing whatever <laughs> probing. Um, yeah, this. This I wouldn't say autopsy because he's not dead. No, um, but I uh, I have a real yeah basically. So they put on top of Travis, like they remove his clothes and the aliens are like, kind of like studying him or probing him. And they put on him what looks like a sheet for a second. You're like, Oh, it looks like a hospital sheet. And then it becomes this like cocoon type thing. And it like wraps around him like a, like, like ceiling wrap around his body. Well, we were, yeah, we were actually talking about that uh, last night. Um, it's, um, uh, <laughs> which is, which is really funny. Um, it's it's like a vacuum seal. Yeah. And like, uh, so they throw this they throw this like cloth or this like membrane over him and then it like sucks all the air out and he's like basically vacuum sealed down to this like table. Yeah, and they try um, to like they try to study him but they cut like little mouth like a mouth hole and they cut out a hole where one of his eyes can see out, which, uh, and then I have a real thing with, um, a fear of mine, like being force fed anything, uh, like, you know, being forced to eat something against your will is, uh, <laughs> and when they shove this little, looks like, I don't even know what it looks like. It, it's this really like dark, gross, like jello looking stuff. And they shove it yeah, in his it, mouth it, and then kind of stick a probe through that. It's almost like a like a like a gel slash pudding slash glue, like kind of. <laughs> yeah, it looks it's disgusting. Just weird, like funky, um, just liquid kind of thing that they shove down his throat. Well, and so there's there's a couple of things here that fuck with me. Um, Number one is when they when they vacuum seal him or whatever to yep. the table. Claustrophobic am, at its finest. <laughs> I am extremely claustrophobic. Yeah, so I, I'm like, not. I, I'm not, and this still bothers me. Yeah, and like, dude, I, like my mom used to yell at my brother all the time because my brother would like throw a blanket over me and just like lay on top of me just to freak me the fuck out. Oh, like, I, I hate move. that. <laughs> yeah, and and then and then you're breathing your own breath, like yeah, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so I I hated that. He used to do it all the time, torture me, and my mom would scream at him all the time. Um, but yeah, so like the claustrophobia thing is one part of it, and then 
yeah, when they're, when they start, I, I don't like, um, teeth or mouth stuff. Yep. So when they're, so they put that goo into his mouth and they basically shove this breathing tube, I guess you would call it like down his throat. Yeah. I hate that. And uh, probably the most recent instance of that in a movie that deeply, deeply disturbed me was in A Cure for Wellness. I was going to say. Where yeah. Uh, yeah. Dandy Han gets a fucking like two by four size tube put down his throat and the guy puts leeches down it. So it goes into his body. Say, yeah. Then he starts putting like the leeches or the eels down into him. Yeah. Well, it's not even just the tube. It's that he's like sh- forcibly shoving it into his throat and you just hear this oh, like. Yeah. Ugh, it's like, oh, I can't oh, yeah. handle that stuff. Yeah. And that's what yeah. this then that's what the gelatin stuff did. Um and then correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they like bring a neat they don't show anything, but don't they bring a needle down like going towards his eyeball? Oh no, that's that's kind of like the 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 finale. Um so they, they stick this breathing tube into him, they basically like trach him. Um and then the one eye hole that they cut open um, they show this machine coming down and, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a cool effect because, um, it starts out as this like large needle and then it kind of gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yep. <laughs> um, but then, yeah. And so it, it touches, it shows it they're sticking this needle into his eye. Yeah. Um, which we never it, see, but, uh, nevertheless, it's, uh, well, it, it touches kind of like, it touches the surface of his eye. Yep. And you even see his eye kind of bend before the needle actually penetrates. That's right. Yeah. That's kind of where they cut it off. Yeah. This ain't no, um, this ain't no bright burn where we're actually going to watch someone pull glass out of their eyeball. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which well, is another and, um, another eye trauma that fucked me up when Brightburn came out. You remember that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh dude. my god, when that when that woman's pulling glass out of her eyeball and we're just watching it. Oh, so awful. Well, there's a couple of eye scenes, Brightburn's one, um uh the Evil Dead remake. Yep, where the guy gets when person gets stabbed like in the eye with a hypodermic needle. With a syringe and then he's, he's got to pull it out. Um and then um we were actually talking about it yesterday um uh dead space 2 yep yep which is one of my favorite games um there's actually a whole scene that you interact with where you have to stick a needle down into the main character's eye yeah i forgot about that and then we talked we talked about eye trauma out the wazoo when we talked about the black christmas remake oh yeah yeah from 2006 but, yeah, uh, and I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, so then, you know, he kind of blacks out and he comes back to and the movie kind of ends, you know, nicely. They, you know, Travis is back. The sheriff's going to give up his investigation, but says it will ter- return if anything comes up. And, you know, Travis right. and Mike make peace because uh, they kind of thought earlier about uh, Mike leaving him behind. And but they make peace. And, you know, the the credits tell us that they all took lie detector tests and they all told the truth so according to the test and um you know that's our that's our movie and uh it's a fucking great movie well, I, I i like the end too because um at the end um the the clearing where travis was taken from um he goes back to the the clearing that's right just to kind of like kind of like face his fear mm-hmm. kind of thing and so when he's standing in the clearing um I, Robert Patrick's character, he, he kind of comes up to him and he's like, he's like, are, are, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you're not scared. And he's like, no, <laughs> he's like, I'm just looking around thinking, you know, maybe they'll come back. I don't know. Yeah. But he's, he's kind of made peace with it. Like it's, it's fucked up as it was like, he kind of made peace with it. Yeah. No, um, it's uh, so, And that's the end of the movie. And it's uh. Good choice, Jason. This is a fucking good one. I definitely will be rewatching this for sure. Um, I told you, yeah, that's one. That's one that <laughs> many years in the making, and you were forced to watch. Oh now. yeah, no, it's good. Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm glad we finally watched that. Um, and we'll close it out before the battery dies. Um, 
Awesome. But anyway, that's our episode on Fire in the Sky. Jason, thank you for joining me again. This has been fun. Tune in next week where we talk about a more recent movie that actually came out this year. You'll have to guess what it is. Um, but anyway, uh, this is the Midnight Terrors podcast. And uh, get in touch with us on social media. Midnight Terrors podcast at uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook. It's Midnight Terrors podcast. And uh, shoot us an email at Midnight Terrors podcast at gmail.com. Jason, how do we say the name of the show here? It's a Midnight Terrors podcast. Woo. All right, everybody, this is a Midnight Terrors podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week. Peace. Peace.